Hello and welcome back to the When You're Podcast, the podcast for when you're doing anything. Today we're talking about when you're watching Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. Now, I have to say, I was a little disappointed. Now, maybe that's because of my own expectations or what I thought the show was going to be. Because I, I had watched the two seasons before it and I was like, these are really good. These are fantastic. And then they came out with this like backstory episode and I was kind of like, okay, so I was expecting... I had expectations for it, you know, I, I had a certain idea of what I thought the show was going to be about, it didn't actually end up being about that, well it kind of wasn't, it kind of wasn't, but I just feel like I disappointed myself because like, I came up with an idea in my head and I'm like, this is how it's going to play out and this is going to be like the kind of story that they do and they revisit like old themes that they, that they did in the first two seasons or like, they were going to do some new romantic trope that is unique between Queen Charlotte and the King and it just made me feel like okay so this is how it's going to be let's let's watch it and you know I, I felt like I was kind of uh I had already seen the whole show or I kind of already knew all of it and then when I watched it I was kind of like okay that wasn't at all what I was expecting or, you know, the, the relationship to be or how this was all going to like kind of happen, you know, but anyways, the, the reason I say all that is because they start the show off with Queen Charlotte already being engaged or she's already in the, in the process of marriage, right? She's getting married that day. We see her and she's like coming trying to spin the gears in her head or trying to figure out like, okay, what's going on? What's everything? How's everything's going here? What's, what's happening? You know, I'm about to get married. I have to look a certain way. I have to be a certain way. I have to do all these certain things. And it just, I don't know. There was something about it. I, I didn't enjoy as opposed to maybe like the first two seasons where there's like, you know, you know what it was? There, there was no courting. There was none of the the ritualistic marriage stuff that people have to go through season after season. So this one, I was expecting it to be... I was expecting some courting. I was expecting some sort of romance or the kind of relationship. Because this one just feels forced. It feels like they they just choose her to choose her without any really... I mean, they do touch on the, the racial thing a little bit, but not as much as when Lady Danbury is talking to the Duke. So the the way that it, the way that it worked out is they try to play the it's a periodic piece, but they try to play into how um, people of color are like accepted or allowed in, and they can have like their own wealth and stuff. And they they basically touch on it by saying that like Lady Danbury explains that like. Somebody looked at a person of color or somebody who's black, African-American or, or, and all these other things and were like, they found us beautiful, so they accepted us, you know? So now we have luxury. Now we have status. Now you can be a duke and I can be a lady. Now we can have these titles. Now that we can have all of this stuff, right? But, and, and because of that speech, 
you know, I had it in my mind. I, I had it theorized in my brain that essentially she was going to go to one of those courting events. You know, she was going to be a part of the whole mix, but inevitably she never gets chosen or she, you know, um, they just don't, uh, what, what's the word I'm trying to say? Is that like, they don't choose, um, they're invited, but they, they're not chosen. You know what I mean? And this one, it just feels like they're like, yeah, let's marry her. And then we'll figure out the rest later. Or, you know, they were like, eh, she's too dark and she doesn't really fit the whole thing. I was just kind of like, ugh, you know, but at the same time, I, I get it. The, the, it's a period piece, but whatever. So that's why I was kind of like a little bit like they're forcing this on her. It's not like a real romance or friendship between the two. Like she was kind of talking about when she had the Duke explain how the, the two of them, how him and Daphne love each other. And she was like, well, you, you're smart and wise to realize that friendship is the great thing to it. But I was like, it made it seem like that's, the relationship between her and her husband, her and the king, but it's actually kind of not true per se. Um, at least in the first episode that I, uh, I remember, it's just that like it was she was forced to do it, and it was also to like please her brother, and it was kind of just like I don't know, a good connection, a good way to make it, things happen. It just. I didn't like that. I wanted it to be more, you know, she shows up to the event and he's taken by her beauty or he doesn't really think much of her. So then he is able to talk freely to her. And by doing that, they have this friendship and then they, they get romantically involved and linked with one another. But sadly... That did not happen. They were they were forced into marriage, and by the end of the day, she needed to make a choice if she was going to marry King George or not. And she had some very real, very possible questions about like, well, what does he look like? Is he funny? Is he, you know, is he tall? Is he handsome? Is he, you know, deformed in any way? Why do you keep him from me? Is he smart? Can he not read? What does his teeth like? Be is his teeth all crooked like what what is it about him that I don't know that you're hiding from me and I, I just want to see him I want to meet him I want to at least get to know this person before we marry and that's those are genuine amazing questions right and I you know often think about how how much stock or how much Oh, those questions go unanswered because of the time period that they're in, right? Like those those kind of questions come off naturally, right? Because we see each other all the time. But back in the day, it was just like, yeah, this is the person that you'll marry, or you find somebody to marry, and that's it, you know. And then you're married, and then that's it. You have kids, and what whatever. So so be it, right? Now we're we're a lot more free today, but those feelings from back then translating to today. And because they, like, imagine if we still had, well, we do, but imagine if, like, you were forced to marry somebody, right? Now, 
if you had the possibility of like, you're you're forced to marry this person, right? And you have no no regards on the matter, but you still have those all those lingering questions. But take away the force, take away all of that, and just say you're marrying this person. But you have an option. You can get to know them. You can go out to meals with them. You can do entertainment and fun things together. And then you can decide. You know, it just. For for Bridgerton, it just all happens really quickly. Whereas, like, we have the luxury of time. We have the luxury of uh, freedom. You know, we're not imposed by... um, I mean, there is status, but it's kind of like the... We can still choose who we want to date. We can still choose who we want to love and marry and all these other things. But essentially what I was trying to get is that the feelings of back then, that the feelings that she has, you know... If it were translated in today or the feelings of then matter today for all of us, it's just like, keep on questioning, keep on asking yourself, is this what I really want and who are they? And let me just ask all of these questions out and then I'll learn, you know, understanding people, understanding somebody who you want to marry is very important. But let's focus on the queen. So Queen Charlotte, I mean, for majority of it or... I won't say for a majority, but for like a nice chunk of it, they kind of trap her in queendom, but it's like on her honeymoon, so she can't do any of her duties or tasks. So she... Because she's on her quote-unquote honeymoon with the king, they can't... She can't do her regular duties. But she's not actually on her honeymoon with him. She's kind of like... In this weird separate home. And at first I was just like, oh, he's racist. Like, he doesn't actually want to marry her. He doesn't actually want to be with her. It was just all some sort of thing. And then he's got a side chick back at the house. And he's like kicking her to the curb. So he has like a queen. But he doesn't really want to be with her. And all this other stuff, right? That's that's what I thought at first. But uh, it's actually the opposite when you think about when When they reveal it to you. But because she's on her honeymoon, she can't really do anything. So she's kind of like all on her own trying to figure out like okay what do i want to do who am i what's going on i i feel rejected or thrown away and it's a complete shift from i guess her old life and having her family like having them all around as like a as a thing right and this is like the life that she lives now as a queen she's living in high society but she's all by herself she she has all these royal subjects but she doesn't have friends she doesn't have anything she can't meet with people because she's on her honeymoon now i'm probably gonna mess up his name is it brimsby is it brimsby or is it brilsby or i don't i don't remember i i think it's brimsby but uh is it is it not his bodyguard Brimsley, Brimsley, my bad, Brimsley, Brimsley, I I said Brimsby, Brimsley is her body guy, and he kind of just follows her around, you know, he's her, he's her body guy, you know, the, the kind of person who like stays with you at all times and gets you all of your, anything that you could ever want, you know, he'll, he'll take care of it, and 
I really like I I like Brimsley. I actually kind of like Brimsley a lot. I uh, I'm not gonna say more than the Queen, but like he he has a definitely important role. I just I just feel like as as I got to know his character more, I, I felt a lot more for him. I felt, and he was always somebody who I saw in the show. But I had kind of neglected, or I put put away in the back of my mind. I was just like, "Oh, that's her, that's her body, man." I was like, "Was he in the past two seasons?" And he was. And I was just like, "How did I, man? I, I missed that completely, or I I didn't pay him much mind, you know, because they didn't give us much, give him much focus." But anyways, now there's the king, and we see kind of where his head's at, or isn't at. Or his mind, kind of messed up. But I feel I feel like he has a lot going for him. He he's he's very cool. He's a very good man. But he was. I remember he had a scene with his mother, who was like trying to set him up with a wife or whatever. She's the one who arranged all of this. But she was having a talk with him, and he was kind of talking about, well, actually, I'm going to go on the farm and work on my sciences. I'm going to work on my agricultural dude studies to figure some stuff out. And he's like, what would the people rather have their king or cheap bread? And then the, and then the queen was like, uh, I mean, his mom was like, well, they'll get neither. If you, if you don't, you know, perform your duties as, as the new king now, you know what I mean? There are certain things that you have to do to go off and do whatever you want, but like you're in charge, you have to lead, you have to be in, be in charge. And, it was such a a great it was such a great example of his character. He was focused on how best to serve the people in a farming agricultural way whereas the society or his family the pressures of being king they tell you that like no you have to do it this way because going out to the farm and doing things on your own is like improper or it's wrong. And it just feels like he has the money and the means to do things, but he's not allowed to do them. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine you want to be a farmer, okay? And you have a bunch of money to spend on making the best crops, growing the best food, doing all of this amazing stuff, right? Endless amounts of money. You can just do whatever you want, right? But then they tell you, well, hold on. You can't, you're a millionaire or you have all this money. You don't have to do that and you shouldn't do that because then other people will think down on you if you do that kind of work right you can hire other people to do it for you but then you're like but that's that's what i like to do why would i pay somebody else to do what i like to do when i could just do it right and they're just like but you can't do it it just feels like a whole reversal it feels like a gut punch it's like he wants to be a farmer or he wants to be somebody who can have the title of king but none of the responsibilities, like give it to somebody else. But they they flip it and they make it this whole thing. And I was like, oh, that sucks. And he also has a great love for the stars and astronomy, as we'll figure out. And we do see that he cares for Charlotte. The reason why he puts her away isn't because he has any kind of racial feelings towards her, any kind of like malice against her. It's kind of more so because... Um, he cares for her or he feels like I, I suppose we feel this way for any woman that he would date or marry or be with is that like 
she deserves to be away from my lunacy, from my kind of problem. You know, if she's with me 24-7, you know, uh, all the time, it kind of puts her in harm's way or I don't know what I'll do. I, I have no control over this. You know, I could hurt her. I could do something. And it also, they also shed light on why he's in the marriage is like his mom kind of forced it on him or like told him that like, these are the things you have to do. So we set it up for you so that way you don't have to worry about it. And he kind of like explains it to her is like, listen, you set up the marriage. I married her. You told me to take her to bed. I took her to bed. I have done my best to like be nice and be cool with her. I've done everything that you've asked. What more do you want me to do? Like, I don't, it, it just felt like, they forced it all on him. He didn't really get to choose, which is kind of what bothered me a lot was that like there was no marriage. I mean, there was there was marriage, but there wasn't no connection. There wasn't no pining for love. You know, everybody wants the king's hand, right? Watch Queen Charlotte fight for it. Watch Queen Charlotte, you know, be herself and not really care if she does, if she gets rejected or not, right? But through being herself and all these other things, that's why I thought it was going to be more like season one where we were introduced to it and Daphne was kind of like the perfect angel, right? She was the 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 finest diamond. She was she was the royal diamond or whatever. She she got the approval of the queen, and I was kind of like, I was kind of kind of looking for wanting her to be like well she's never going to be the diamond but you don't have to be the diamond to get the king you just have to be yourself you have to be good and i wanted that romance that kind of like them getting together but it wasn't that it was just them getting married right off the bat but overall we see that the king has always had this mental illness he's always had this um problem in his mind I, I don't know if it happened when he was a kid or once he got to a certain age but I'm going to assume after he like got up there into his adult years as soon as he became like past 18 that's when it all started to like happen to him and he's like talking about Venus and looking into the stars running outside naked and all this other stuff and like drawing on the walls and it's just it's weird, and I don't know what the exact mental Ill illness is. I don't think it's schizophrenia. It, it very well could be, but it's it comes and goes. So I, I don't know exactly what it's called, but I thought I thought that that mental. So this is another problem. I thought the mental illness thing was going to be because of his old age, not like a lifelong problem. And it ends up being a lifelong problem that Queen Charlotte has had to deal with and Brimsley and the other guard. And it's all kind of like, well, we only have one king. He's the only one king that we have. So he doesn't have any brothers that I, I'm aware of or that I remember. So even with his mental illness, it just kind of feels like they have to make him work or they have to make it work with him and Queen Charlotte because he's all over the place. We don't know how to take care of it. And the whole season is kind of a back and forth between the past and now and kind of how she treats her kids. 
So for her and her kids, it's kind of like she needs them to marry because they don't have a an heir to her to the throne, you know, to to be the next king or queen. So she's trying to force her kids into marrying or to getting with someone. So she has all of her sons who have children, but they're not of royal bloodline. They're not of the I don't know what the exact problem is, but they're not they're not properly married or they're not married to someone of class or of wealth, so they don't have like a respectable heir. They have children, but not a respectable heir. And then the daughters are having trouble conceiving or having children or marrying maybe. I, I, I don't know. But what I do know is that like it comes back and forth between them. And then... Oh my gosh, the Brimsley is gay and he's been having an affair with the king's body man, who I forget his name, but they've been doing this this thing and I was kind of like that that surprised me, that shocked me because I was like, no, not 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 the gay part, but just kind of like the well, that a little bit too, but the kind of like them two having a thing. I was kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was just kind of like, okay, Brimsley, okay. There you go. And it just kind of, it made me a little bit sad when he revealed that he was like, no, I never got married and I never had kids because I'm serving you the whole time, queen. Who could ever want to be with me? And then we don't see uh, an old version of the other king's guard. So it was kind of like, I don't know if the other guy died or if they don't talk anymore or how the relationship fared, but it just feels like he's just all alone. And he's also in a time period that doesn't accept his sexuality. So it's very difficult for him to... I mean, not that it doesn't accept it, because we've seen, we've seen moments of it before, but I just don't know if in his old age he'd be as suitable as he was when he was younger, I guess. But anyways, it kind of... The Queen Charlotte of the past and the Queen Charlotte of today are two very different people. And it feels like over a whole long time, over years and years and years, she has turned into this other person. And I don't know... I mean, obviously, between those years, between her and King George having like a thing and having their first child. And as to now, you know, where there had to be some sort of cross in the thing there. But it just feels like there's, I like Queen young Queen Charlotte a lot more than today's Queen Charlotte, if that makes sense. And we see it through her children, how... As a mother, she can be unloving or she, she's not really there for her children, even though she is. And we see her relationship with them kind of diminish and it's not really as strong. And it's kind of maybe the reason why the daughters are resentful towards her because like she doesn't know what they're going through and she doesn't want to. She just demands them to do things that she says because she's the queen 
And then we also see her relationship with her husband, which is also strained. It's also difficult. And we see that she feels like her younger self when she's with him for the time that he's like actually King George and not going crazy and having dementia or whatnot. And oh yeah, oh yeah. Lady Danbury, Lady Danbury's in... Man, how did I forget about Lady Danbury? Okay, okay. Quit really quickly. Lady Danbury is... We see young Lady Danbury and we see her married. Now, when she said she had a life, right? She was talking to um, Kate Sharma in season two. And she was like, I have had a life. I have loved. I have lost. I'm a widow now. I was expecting more of like a, another big romance between her. Instead, she was just already married to this old, I mean, this old guy who was just, can, can I just say, can I just say, he was just hitting it from the back like, like crazy. That boy was just, I mean, tough, tough, tough for Lady Danbury. But I mean, that boy was, that man, I mean, he was just, I mean, going crazy in that. All right. Anyways, I was just, Reminded of that talk and it felt like, well, she did love or, or she, more to put it more precisely, she was groomed to be his wife and then he died and now she became a widow at such a young age. And then she found another person maybe, eh, kind of, it's a little weird, but all of that to say is that like, I was expecting a little bit more from Lady Danbury. And she does rise on certain occasions, especially with the Queen's help and involvement, especially with her status. And they kind of work together and they become friends and we see their kind of relationship. I'm not sure how it's deferred or changed throughout the years, but it's definitely not what it once was. Um, but she, But she inspires the Queen... And then we tried to figure out like, okay, so the work that they did there was just kind of planting the seeds. They don't show us everything, but they show us like the beginnings of how they're using their status, their wealth, and the opportunity to to use what they have for the better of their people. You know, it gives the the people of color there the opportunity to get status, to get wealth, to for Lady Danbury to throw balls and have people of the of the ton accept people of color, to dance with one another, to be courted by one another, to have them all be there. And it just, it feels, it feels good. It feels good to like see that they, they created something, but like where they are now, I don't know, is, is very different, very weird, but... That was kind of my whole thing on Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story, was that like, I thought it was going to be one thing, it turned out to be another thing, and the and the re result that I got, I thought it was pretty good, you know, overall, I thought it was okay. I'm not going to say it was like season one, but it was definitely, it was definitely nice. It was a, it was a nice story, um, and kind of like a explanation of how they came to be, how she became Queen Charlotte, I guess. So yeah, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys all next time. Thank you.